Unturned is presented by Update AI. One of the biggest eye-openers was realizing just how much we were asking our CSMs to do. I think that the message that I got loud and clear from the team was, it's not realistic everything you have asked us to do. So we've got to find ways to make this more sustainable and more realistic and achievable and set us up so we can have these really high value interactions with the customer. Because every time, and at the time I took the team on, they were responsible for everything, really. It was adoption and customer health and renewals and expansion. And every CSM had to be a little bit of everything. Everybody, there's also a unique nuance in our business, which is we're in security compliance. I would push them for more high value interaction. The feedback was, yeah, but I've got this like laundry list of a thousand <laughs> things that I have to do also. So which of those should I not do? Welcome to this edition of the Unturned CS Insider Mashup, a roundtable discussion that goes deep into the recent trends in customer success. Introducing your hosts, Christy Feltaruso, John Johnson, Mickey Powell, and Josh Schachter. <laughs> Welcome to CS and BS, uh, another wonderful episode. I am uh, John Johnson, a principal CSM at usertesting.com, and I'm thrilled to be here. Christy. I am Christy Valteruso. I'm currently the chief customer officer at Client Success and have spent the past decade of my career building, scaling, and transforming customer success organizations and B2B hypergrowth companies. Mickey, what do you got? I'm Mickey Powell. I'm the head of go to market at Update AI. I spent the last 10 years in customer success, now, thankfully, building tools for customer success teams. I love it. And I thank you for doing so. Yeah. And we got Josh Schachter, who's literally driving a car right now. Um, So, you know, what exit are you looking at, Josh? Uh, I don't know the exit. I'm on the Jersey Turnpike, which is coincidentally where, make, where sorry, where Christy met her husband. Um and uh, <laughs> This is true. This is true. We did meet at the Jersey Shore. We fell in love in a hopeless place. Oh my God! As the song yeah, suggests, yeah, yeah. yep, yeah. That's amazing. that did happen. And, and we um, have. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm going to be in and out of this conversation. I'm more here for super supervisory type of role today. Okay, I so we'll it. anticipate you'll be more out than in. Very good. More out than yeah. in. And we have a wonderful guest today. I'd love to introduce uh, Stevie Case. Uh, if you want to tell all of our wonderful listeners uh, who you are and and what you're doing right now. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me. So Stevie Case, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at Vanta. Vanta is a Series B growth stage company in the security compliance space. And I've been here about 18 months and I've got most things go to market, including customer success and account management. I love it. So Mickey's question about SOC 2, we're just going to cover that, right? We got (laughs) an hour of compliance, right? It's going to be a a nail-biting episode. Yeah, riveting, I've been going to, Yeah, I have I've learned this domain. So, happy to talk audits and all of the sexy things <laughs> I know you're really excited about. We are so excited. Um awesome. Well, it's it's so wonderful to have you, um Stevie. Um you know, we usually kind of start off with the BS, if you will. <laughs> um so I you know, we're just kind of, you know, opening up the conversation around um this year for CRO CRO role, correct? That's correct. What's uh, what's the thing that surprised you the most? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It, I mean, what a learning experience, number one. I think that one thing I've learned is that the CRO role means so many different things at different organizations. Everybody does it a little bit differently. It is not a standard role. 
there are a couple of archetypes that have emerged. There's sort of the VP sales plus CRO type role. And I think a lot of folks go out to hire that somebody who's very sales centric and has a revenue first mindset. Then there's a little bit more of the multidisciplinary CRO role. And, you know, people call that different things, whether that's CRO 2.0 or just, you know, owning more than just the revenue driving functions and just sales. And I started at Vanta with just sales and have expanded over time. I've had uh, customer success. I had for a bit growth marketing. I've got operations and it is just uh, incredibly dynamic. I feel like I'm learning something new every other day. I don't think anybody comes into this role knowing exactly how to do it because, frankly, I think it's different at every right. company. And you got to think very first principles. And this is your first time overseeing CS, correct? It is. It is. I've oh, had CS in smaller forms, but sure. I not in forms that I would say would qualify. So I've done a bunch of zero to one uh, startups and been pre-revenue to like the first million at a couple of startups. So I've had CS, like nascent CS teams, but this is certainly my first CS org at this scale. So Stevie, when did you take over customer success? Because it sounds like when you started, you just started overseeing the the sales team and then you kind of expanded that footprint. So when did when did customer success roll up under you? I took that over about a year ago. So about a year into the journey at this point. Okay. What was the biggest, I'm going to ask from, from your standpoint, then also from your team standpoint, right? Because they didn't have a revenue leader prior to you taking them over and you weren't overseeing them. So from your standpoint, what was the biggest... I think learning experience, we'll call it, taking over the customer success functions uh, from your standpoint. Yeah, one of the biggest eye openers was realizing just how much we were asking our CSMs to do. You know, we had the classic, like we had built this CS team, we had early product market fit. I don't think that we had really fully thought through the implications of onboarding customers in the product to the extent that we should have. We just sort of started hiring CSMs and, and threw them at the problem. And at the time I took the team on, they were responsible for everything, really. It was adoption and customer health and renewals and expansion. And every CSM had to be a little bit of everything. Everybody, there's also a unique nuance in our business, which is we're in security compliance. Mm. Many of our sort of bread and butter customers are founders who are going through the SOC 2 process for the first time. They're having to engage an auditor who is not at Vanta, a third-party auditor. There's a lot of subject matter expertise. And in addition to all of that work we were asking our CSMs to do, we were also asking them to be subject matter experts on audit and SOC 2 and HIPAA and GDPR and all these regulations. And it was just a massive undertaking. And I think not being close to it, I had underestimated the context switching, the level of effort, and how hard that was, especially at the scale at which we were operating. So how did, uh, I'm going to ask a question, Christy. Um, how did the perspective shift from prior to you taking on CS to where they're at now? Um, like, were, were there like hard lefts that you made? Or what did that kind of transition look like? And how happy are, are, is the team now that, you know, a CRO understands yeah. The code switching is very difficult. <laughs> yeah. We have gone through a variety of shifts. And I would say, honestly, we're, we're not quite done. There's more to do. The, the biggest of those was a change that we made to the structure of the team two months ago now. And at that point, what we did 
was really bifurcate the team. We now have a, a CS team that is broken into a strategic org and a scaled team. And then we created an account management function for the first time. And our account managers are now responsible for uh, renewal and expansion and driving that motion. So really creating two different arms of the team that work together in tandem and then putting more structure around the way they each operate is where we are now. We've added to that a third arm. And I think this is one thing that I hope as a CRO I've been able to bring to the table is really creating a lot of that subject matter expertise and an SE organization that our CS team can leverage. So we've got this great team that is a combination of uh, sales engineers, solution engineers, but also subject matter experts in governance, risk, and compliance, which is sort of the domain expertise within which we work. And those folks are full spectrum. So they work with pre-sales and they also work with all of our post-sales teams because we want to be able to leverage that in the customer relationship. Stevie, I actually want to ask you a question here. This is Josh. So I've experienced that firsthand. We're, we are, Update AI is a happy Vanta customer and we're actually going through our SOC compliance, SOC compliance right now. Um, you know, we're looking forward to having all of that done very, very soon. Um, one of the interesting things about like your CS team is very engaged for us. They have been from the beginning, which is really impressive. And a unique thing is that they've brought together, I think Stephanie is our, our CSM, I forget her last name, but she's brought together all of like the internal SEs, subject experts from your organization. She's also brought together the SEs from your third party partners, from all your auditors. And we even have a Slack channel that is a combination, half the, well, it's a third, a third, a third, a third of the people are from Update AI, a third from Vanta, and a third from our auditors. And they've kind of like, they, they've spearheaded that relationship too. So I guess my question is, is there any type of playbook or specific type of guidance that you give on how a CSM can orchestrate across multiple parties? Because you guys have a very high engagement model when it comes to that. I, I, that's so great to hear. And thank you for being a customer. I am thrilled you've had that experience. I think that, you know, one of the things that I learned along the way this past year is I think the CRO mindset would typically be drive lots of revenue, control costs, right? And there was an initial inclination to really reject this idea of bringing subject matter expertise, because I think coming into this process, a lot of the thinking across the business was, yeah, our customers want subject matter expertise. They want to know about audit, but our job is to push them to other people to learn those things. And we're about the software, not about that level of service. And I have completely uh, reversed course on that. My opinion has done a 180. And I think really a lot of the value we can bring to our customers is that expertise. So we're really leaning into it. And a big part of our evolution from here is going to be about defining those higher levels of service. And what does that look like? Like we provide that for free to everybody today. And, you know, we've got 6,000 customers and we're leaning in heavily with lots of expertise and support. So we do think there's a big element of partner network. The auditors are one piece. We also work with managed service providers. We're getting them to lean in with us. But we think we can build a, a much higher level of service in-house as well that our customers will, will really value and appreciate. 
And that's been a big shift for us. It's just we want to be that subject matter expert for our customers. Love that. So uh, get in now, oh, get in ahead. now, folks, because uh, you've been giving us a lot of professional services. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's Matt who's who's he's. He's, he's commented, we, we've gone through Google Docs with him back and forth and leaving comments and helping us totally understand the ins and outs of compliance because I knew nothing going into our SOC 2. Um, yeah, and it's, it's really alone. been very handsome. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a huge segment, right? Is, is, is founders, this is their first time going through it. Uh, you guys have been very, very hand-holding for us, which I appreciate. Uh, but I can imagine like that is challenging to scale, right? That is a, that is a pretty intense cost structure too something probably you want to convert to professional services to some extent. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's also a, a role for AI here. I know that's the the buzzword of the hour, but I am very bullish on our ability to leverage AI for some of this stuff. One example of that is, um, I'm, and I've I'm a big fan of launching things out of RevOps. So I'm trying to treat my RevOps team like an innovation team. We've actually just launched an AI-powered bot. Right now, our, our folks in prospects and trial have access. Soon, all our customers will have access. And our goal was to democratize access to that level of support and expertise that you experience from humans. We believe we can make that available in real time to all of our customers in an AI-powered experience. So we launched this bot, and there are all these nuanced questions people have. It's not just about Vanta software. It's like what's in scope for SOC 2? How do I think about scoping things in and out? What really matters? What are best practices? Um, details of system integrations. And we actually took all of the intelligence from our SMEs and those folks you've been interacting with. And we uh, use that as the data set to power the bot. And we're finding that the bot's answers are just as good as our human expert answers. So you know, not only is that a great way to control costs, but we actually find it's a better customer experience because everybody has access to it and you have access to it in real time 24-7. So we're trying to find ways like that not to remove humans from the process, but to continue to up-level humans so they don't have to give the same answers over and over. This was a big complaint of our CSMs over time. They're like, look, I'm answering the same questions <laughs> over and over on a one-to-one -one phone call every day. And that's not great for anybody. It doesn't scale. And honestly, it's not great quality of life or very rewarding for the CSM as well. So we want to get them out of that and put them to better use on higher order stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I'm seeing, and Christy, I'd love your perspective on this too. Um, there's, this seems to be a regular or, or pretty normal shift right now where uh, folks are realizing, you know what, your CSMs probably don't need to be an SME right now on uh, the customer's business. Um, just because it's so complex, right? Yep. There's obviously opportunities where there are CSMs that are expected to be, SM, you know, subject matter experts. Um, but I'm seeing this maturity curve pretty often um, within the enterprise and the kind of the global experience where their job truly is platform-based, um, you know, coaching and strategy and, and things like that, which may seem obvious, but up until two years ago, CSMs were doing everything. I mean, literally, every, we're just kind of the dumpster of <laughs> what needs to be done. Um, was that, uh, something that you came to natively on your own when you took it on from the feedback, or was this something that, um, you kind of saw in the industry and took some leadership from, um, outside of the company or what kind of brought you to this perspective outside of 
you know, hearing from your CSMs? It's really been native. It's been in-house. And, you yeah. know, our, our CSMs have done a fantastic job, really, like holding it up and doing all that stuff while really advocating for pushing us to a better place. I think that the message that I got loud and clear from the team was it, it's not realistic, everything you have asked us to do. So we've got to find ways to make this more sustainable and more realistic and achievable and set us up so we can have these really high value interactions with the customer. Because every time I would push them for more high value interaction, the feedback was, yeah, but I've got this like laundry list of a thousand <laughs> things that I have to do also. So which of those should I not do? So it really has evolved quite natively inside of our business. And you know, we're really lucky in a way. We're, uh, you know, we're the market leader. Our CEO came up with the concept that is automated compliance. She was the first to market. Um, she built the co the concept from scratch. We now have forty copycat competitors, and that has also really forced us to get disciplined about the way we operate. I think if this was a different market and we didn't have a bunch of copycat competitors coming just with cost-cutting offers and aggressively coming after our customer base. And we were, you know, we're not in a growth at all costs market anymore. Like all of these things have conspired to force us to be much more disciplined. And that's what's driving a lot of our decisions. I love that. <clears throat> all right. It's so, you know, so I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a founders group here, uh, a WhatsApp founders group in New York city. It's about 300 of us founders and probably of all software, compliance, SOC 2 compliance is the number one that comes up of people asking for referrals. And I remember being at the first and only SaaS driver went to two years ago and seeing more SOC 2 companies than any other category. And at that point, I didn't even know what SOC 2 was. I'm like, what is this? You know, but like, so it, it sounds as though you guys are, are obviously a big part of creating this entire category. Yeah, that's what, exactly what, right. Yeah, and like, but, but from a from the perspective of, of of being on the sales side now the CS side, what is that? Like, I don't know. Do you have any insight into what that's looked like from from that vantage point of being a market category creator? Absolutely. Yeah, it, you know, it is wonderful and also creates its own challenges. So our CEO Christina Cassiopo, she felt this pain. She was a product manager. Uh, at Dropbox, actually. And she was trying to launch Dropbox Paper as a product. And she actually was in the same position you're describing, which is she had no idea what SOC 2 was. She hit this roadblock trying to launch her product and legal came to her and said, hey, uh, have you thought about security and compliance? Like, have you gotten your SOC 2 done? She's like Googling SOC 2 on the side. <laughs> like, what is this? And it blocked her ability to take the product to market. And so she felt that pain firsthand. So when she went out to found the company, she wanted to solve that. And what she did first was literally like read the SOC 2 standard and create a spreadsheet to help founders understand what does it even mean. And she started shopping that around and saying like, does this have value? And they're like, oh my gosh, other founders were like, we'll pay you for the spreadsheet, <laughs> like anything. And she realized there was something there. So she built the category and launched the product and the company and it was the only solution for this in the market that does what we do. So for the first couple of years, it was just Vanta. And that's part of why we started with this like everything to everybody mm -hmm. approach, both in sales and CS, because I think everybody was shocked by the demand. The product market fit was just off the charts. And so it was really just about how can we serve this immense demand in the market 
And it didn't leave room or the luxury of a lot of discipline in that. So the company was built just rocket ship. And so when I joined about 18 months ago, we had not only had some competitors enter the market, but we had a couple of very aggressive competitors coming directly after us, basically coming to market and saying, we're here as the replacement for Vanta and directly coming after our customers, trying to um, churn them and like really came with a like, we're just like Vanta, but cheaper as the message. And uh, it's been really interesting to see now with 40 plus of those companies on the market, everybody's a little bit different flavor. And I think honestly, in a way, it just forced us to up our game. We had to suddenly get much, much better at how we sell, about how we talk about customer value, about how we onboard customers. One of the first things we did in that journey from uh, 18 months ago to now to when I first took on customer success, we launched an implementation team for the first time to really focus on getting customers successful at the very beginning of their journey, getting the, that time to value down and getting that first kind of magic moment of using Vanta to happen earlier. So it's made us better, but it has changed everything. And we are still the market leader by far. We're more than 2x bigger than anybody else in the market. They try to look bigger, but they're actually not. We've got more than 6,000 customers. But that also comes with its own unique challenges. You know, we're trying to sell, we're trying to serve a customer base that's more than 2x bigger than our competitors. And in some cases, they've got similar size teams. So they're able to do things with less discipline but still have great coverage. Whereas we're trying to really be thoughtful and efficient and pragmatic. We're trying to build a generational company. It's a different approach than if you're just attempting to look big. Did someone say ChatGPT for customer success for free? Update.ai has you covered. CSMs get automated summaries of every customer call. That's real time savings that adds up. There's no bot and Update even works alongside other tools like Gong. Sign up today at www.update.ai. That's update.ai. Do you guys have technical support, implementation, onboarding, professional service? Do you have all those? And do those sit under you as well? We do not have all of those today. So we don't have professional services yet. I suspect before the end of the year, we will introduce professional services in some form. I think it makes a lot of sense with our business. We do have a technical support team that has very recently evolved to be more holistic support. We're expecting them to really become, you know, the front door for all things inbound at Vanta. So now their mandate is technical support, product support, and expert support. So if anyone writes in with questions about any of those things, support is becoming that front door to answer those questions, including questions about audit, some of those subject matter expert questions that come in. That team lives in our engineering uh, group today. So support lives under engineering um, and then CS lives with me. So, you know, we're really seeking to be thoughtful in how we tie these groups together. But even though support does not live in my org, we all work very closely together. So how did that evolve, right? Because I'm, I'm sure at some point in its infancy, it, it was groomed from folks that had more technical expertise and experience, but you're also covering expert support. So you talked about subject matter expertise and having like kind of like this professional network internally of all these folks that, that know this space. Does that team then support the support team? Or are you hiring subject matter experts in support? Like, what's the evolution there? Yeah, it does, actually. So our internal subject matter expert team also supports support. So we really are, you know, in this, in this transition that we have recently made to break CS out from 
account management. At that same time, that's when we expanded the scope of support uh, to say you're going to be the front door for all things at Vanta. And a lot of the way that we're designing the organization now has to do with how do we deliver the highest quality customer experience possible? And one of the things we learned in support was that when they were just a technical support support org, their metrics were great, but they had to hand off a lot of tickets and they had to bring in lots of folks. So they had to go to the subject matter expertise team. They would pass tickets to them or they would pass tickets back to CS who would pass it to, to this new team. That was not, it was not a great experience internally for anybody involved, but it definitely wasn't for yeah. our customers as well. So like really having the, sub, the uh, support team become the experts so they can resolve tickets on first touch as often as humanly possible has been the mission. And we've created some great um, ways for them to escalate t- tickets internally that are much more efficient. So again, we're exploring AI here. We're also like, we've got them piped into different Slack channels with all our SMEs so they can get real-time answers. So we're trying to empower every group to have full ownership end-to-end of what they own. Okay. This is great. For the CSMs that you transitioned over to account managers, did they already have some commercial experience before? Or did you have to go through like intensive training with them because I find that that is the biggest, I don't want to say like gap, but so many times customer success is tasked with owning revenue, but they've never been trained or enabled. They don't have experience in doing that. So given what your model looked like before, moving some of those folks into account management, how did you ensure that they were set up to succeed in this new infrastructure? Yeah. I mean, part of that was absolutely selecting the CSMs that either had experience with a more commercial relationship, managing the commercials, or folks who had indicated an interest in that as a career path. So we tried to select the people that were going to be most likely to succeed and enjoy the role. We also had laid a lot of baseline for the company over the last 18 months for what it looks like to manage commercial relationships at Vanta. So we implemented a value-based selling framework. You know, we really had defined it and we now have great training that wasn't true 18 months ago. So yes, we've essentially taken them through um, all of the similar training that we have with salespeople in the past. So they are coming to that baseline of what it means to sell at Vanta. And they've taken the same trainings and learned the same value-based framework. There's some extra nuance there. And, um, you know, we did to help kind of blend the DNA, this AM team became a combination of CSMs that came over a few new hires, and then we did actually transition some salespeople over as well. So it's been a great combo, and we're really finding, like, we've got two leaders on that team. One is a sales leader, and one is a former CSM leader. So we're really trying to blend the DNA and get them to, uh, you know, cross-pollinate those different approaches. Okay. I, I could do this all day, CV. So you 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 opened Pandora's box with a lot of very interesting and unusual ways of doing things that seem to be working for you all. All right, I think I've gotten through like my initial laundry list here, John, Mickey. So uh, Josh, I will open it back up to everybody else. But like, this is just super interesting to hear how you've structured this because I think so many organizations are trying to rethink how they're managing yeah. a, a post sales organization. And I think it's always really interesting when you hear somebody who's doing something completely different, right? Like, and I think your approach here is unlike what you commonly hear for customer success orgs or just post sales teams. Yeah, yeah. We're really trying to approach it from first principles and, you know, we, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. There's clearly, there are models out there that work, but 
we have tried to create something that is unique and uniquely suited to this moment in our business as well. Yeah, that makes ton of sense. Yeah, so one of the things, and my goal is for for Mickey not to speak this entire episode. <laughs> I mean, we are crushing um, it, by the way, John. We're crushing. My KPIs are maxed right now. Um, what does... All right. So we talked about kind of the, the format of, of the way that you're running CS, both historically and then where you're looking at in the future, right? Um, what does growth look like for CSMs? Like what is what is the career path? And what does a mat- you know maturity look like for you when you're looking at, okay, man, we've got these people and they did A, now they need to do B. But you also are talking about scale. Um, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts around how people find growth in an environment and an industry that actually is is going to continue to change. We used to be able to have a target and in three years, I'm going to be here and it's going to be the same and you move one block to the next block. That doesn't exist anymore, right? So talk to me about how you as a leader view the importance of growth and what growth means for individual contributors wanting to increase their impact and increase their income. I love this question. And I think, honestly, this is such a a cool moment on that front in that the options are kind of unlimited for growth. Mm -hmm. What can be, I think, a little scary about it is... I think it'd be easy as an IC at this time, especially in orgs as dynamic as ours, to look around and say, gosh, I'm not even sure where like this is all going and like what does the role even look like 20, 24 months from now? But what is really clear is that we're heading in a direction where expertise on the product, expertise talking to customers is excessively valuable. So I think there are several paths from here as, as a CSM for advancement. One is obviously to move up markets, have richer conversations and to have more strategic conversations. So one thing we're doing right now is we're historically our bread and butter kind of business was in SMB. We've moved heavily into the mid market. So we're already having more strategic conversations. We're also um, we've launched an enterprise team. So there's this opportunity to just get better and better and have higher quality conversations and deeper engagements as you move up the segment. So that's one path. I think a second path is to really become an expert on the transformation happening in the industry. Mm. You know, an example I see in our business is that we did not even have a CS platform in place. We, have, we had very little infrastructure around anything. We recently bought Catalyst. We are implementing Catalyst. And one of the things we knew going in, but now is just like incredibly apparent is you can't just have part-time owners or partial owners of implementing that brain inside your platform. Somebody's got to have the vision for how we get the customer experience as it is today really fully and meaningfully reflected in the technology you're using to drive decision making. You got to have a point of view on the data. You got to have a point of view on the customer experience. You got to understand the workflows. And I'm about to put somebody on that full time, at least one person, probably multiple. And I think there's a real opportunity there. I have found it extremely hard to find people with that expertise So I think there's a path there for ICs to say, hey, I'm going to be the person that's going to define what the customer journey looks like in a world where we can leverage AI and we've got these CS platforms and we've got new technology. And then I think there are other, there are many other paths, I think, in a world where support becomes the front door 
uh, to the organization. There are opportunities there. There are opportunities to move to a slightly more commercial centric role, like an AM role. Uh, there are even opportunities here as you move towards that digital kind of brain creation path to move towards like self-service growth and product. You know, we're looking at the marriage of self-service and success and like that partnership and nailing that is going to be key to our success over the coming several years. So there are a lot of paths. I think people need to get really creative and challenge themselves to learn. And if you're willing to do that, the opportunities are unlimited. I, love it. I know Christy's going to have opinions about owning platform implementation. Yes, please. I want to hear the, the CCO of a platform. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, okay. Um, I'm no, Josh, not to no, put Josh you on the spot. Nice. No, 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 I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. Um, I'm always, I, I, what I always say to everybody is like, listen, my most successful customers are the ones that come in with a very clear strategy mm-hmm. and understand what they're looking to get out of it. They're the folks that have already tested and tried out their, their processes and their programs, and they're looking for technology to scale it. Where customers fail often is where they are implementing this and designing things at the same time. Yeah. It just doesn't work. You end up doing things piecemeal and you never get the real value from the solution. You're going to run into challenges like what you're describing. These software should not require a full-time or multiple full-time people. If you kind of go into the onboarding and you take that seriously and make the investment up front, you should be able to get it up and running in a meaningful way with your full strategy reflected with with, because there's a caveat here, with someone or someones who will be part of the evolution of that. Because your point earlier, right? Change is the only constant. You're going to be evolving things, but to have, I I always like question, I'm like, what are we doing if we're just staffing full-time people on technology? That seems, seems a little, it seems a little batty. Um, Now, when I think about customer success ops, I think that there's a full scope of work that that individual and that, that entire function should be doing where technology is like a 10th of it. Right. Like it is yeah. not, it's not even 50%. So I would say like, that's what I see the most. And, and like I said, customers that come in very clear on the what and flexible on the how they're the ones that come in and they really maximize the value from the software. So if you're, you're struggling there and if there seems to be a need to make more of an investment, I would say before you do that, maybe just pump the brakes a little bit and reflect on kind of where you're at, how you got there and where you want to go. Because I think throwing just bodies at technology isn't, isn't necessarily the answer. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you there. I think there's very much something of value in that. And I think that there is a definition of the customer journey and what that means for the customer experience that we are defining and redefining in real time. And, you know, there's a lot of infrastructure to build that we're building in tandem. So it is a reality of where we're at as a business. And I think part of the challenge we've got today is that, iteration and refining on that journey is happening so quickly that having that be a bunch of people's part-time jobs just is not delivering the result. So that point of view, like, I think that's the piece that I really value and a lot of the folks on the team and what we're seeing on folks who are stepping up is like that strong point of view on what is the, the, at the core of that customer journey, especially as it evolves and we ship new products and we become a multi-product company from a one product company and we mm. double the size of the team. So pace of change is one of those things that's really driven us to resource things the way that we have. It's amazing. Well, thank you so uh, much, Stevie. Oh, this damn. this has been like truly, truly wonderful. I'm going to cut you off, Christy. Yeah, I know. You're just time. like Josh. Um, <laughs> And that's all the questions we have today, Mickey. Oh, I'm so sorry that you didn't get in there as he leans towards the microphone. Um, we'll, that was great. You know, um, oh, we can Mickey, edit that out. Sh- yeah. 
<laughs> Stevie, this has been this has been so wonderful. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. Um, th- again, I'm gonna go back and listen to this episode too because I feel like there's some notes that I need to, uh, I need to kind of jot down. Um, but I really appreciate uh, the perspective that you take on maturing your CS organization, and it seems like something that you have taken on very recently and have made significant changes since you brought on. So I love when uh, an individual gets to kind of place a stamp on major changes within an organization. And I think that's something that you should, and I hope that you're proud of. And uh, I'm looking forward to checking in with you, you know, in a couple months to see how things are going as well with Catalyst. Maybe we'll have Mickey do the check-in. We'll have Mickey do the check-in. Yeah, totally. I look forward to it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, like I said, you're, you're, you're welcome to, to kind of hang out with us for, for a couple more minutes. Um, one of the last segments that we kind of wanted to talk about, um, if, if you've been online on the internet and LinkedIn, you know that Client Success um, recently last week had their big um, impactful CS100 event in Utah. Um, Christy uh, was, you know, obviously out there. Um, and I really just kind of wanted to take a few, maybe five or six minutes just to kind of hear first, you know, your first experience, what was it like? How, you know, what was a big key takeaway? The reviews online were stupendous as always. Um, but just kind of wanted to give you a little platform to talk about, um, what came out of that. Well, I appreciate you. Um, yeah. So CS 100 is our annual summit that we, that we lead every year. It's for leaders. Um, and so I'm always very saddened when I see the community being like, I'm coming next year only for me to be like, Oh, that's gonna be a little tricky. If you're leading a team, yay. If you're not, uh." um, because this really is designed and intended to be a leadership event and we do keep it at a hundred, right? There's a reason why it's called CS 100. It is intended to be and designed to be an intimate and immersive experience. Um, this year, a little bit different than last year um, and then even previous years. So Dave and I, when we when we were redesigning the event for this year, we obviously took last year's feedback into consideration. And a few pieces of feedback that we heard is, one, folks wanted more opportunity to network in small groups and really ideate on things and problem solve together. So one of the things that we hadn't done before that we did this year is that we did these small uh, breakout groups um, on day one in the afternoon, right before the activities. And And we gave folks like, here's three different problems or challenges or opportunities, however you want to phrase it, um, that CS leaders are tasked to solve. And in your small groups, like here's 30 minutes, ideate on it and kind of present your ideas. And so we did things like comp plans, which that one was interesting. (laughs) Uh, We did board decks and and kind of navigating that conversation. And we did redesigning health scores, right? Like, how do you think about customer health? And what I loved about that session of the event is every single group presented very different ideas. Like comp plans, there were no comp plans that looked the same. I mean, one folks were like, nope, we have no variable or bonus component and here's why. Other folks like heavily loaded on the variable and and built in all of these different elements to it that changed every quarter and it was like super complex, but they, they really loved it. Um, and so I just thought that was really great, a new element of that. We also focused our content on leadership development, not just customer success. So if you're a CS leader joining us, you know, we know that a lot of organizations aren't making heavy investments in professional development right now, right? It's probably cut with right. HR budgets and all these other things. So we wanted this to be more than just a customer success event. We wanted it to be a customer success and leadership event. And so our opening keynote, we found somebody who uh, is referred to as the job doctor, Tessa White. And she actually talked about like, you know, building your career and the career of those that report to you. And how do you manage uh, these new generations? Like, how do you manage Gen X, right? If you're a boomer, <laughs> if you're a millennial, like, how do you speak the same language? And I'm like, tell me more. Um, 
So really interesting content from that perspective. Listen, we couldn't have asked for better weather. So let's just talk about it, right? We we planned this intentionally to be in one of the most majestic places, I think, in our country, I swear. Um, Sundance in Utah, which you're just at the, you're in the mountains. We had beautiful weather, like low 70s. The foliage is all changing. I mean, it looked like a Bob Ross photo. Um, <laughs> we've never had better weather. And so for folks to be able to go and zip line and climb mountains and uh, do pottery and make journals, like it was like, it's like customer success camp for adults. Like that's, that's really what this is. So it was three days of, I think, just a lot of fun, a lot of learning, a lot of laughter, real relationship building. And I think, you know, every year I'm, I'm more impressed with what Dave and I magically pull off in the amount of time that we actually spend planning this um, and how it comes together. But the feedback has just been tremendous. And I am super excited for next year, honestly. Awesome. Well, we're going to have to get Stevie out there next year uh, yes. for the ropes was, course so specifically. Yeah, the ropes course. Yeah. Um, zip lining is amazing, but mountain biking, all the things that I don't do while everyone else is doing activities, I go to my room and nap. I'm like a three-hour window. <laughs> don't mind if I do. Um, so I don't take advantage of the the picturesque mountains, but um, the photos are you know amazing. So yes, Stevie, yeah. next year, put it in your budget. CS100, it's every September we do it. Um, and it's just, it's amazing opportunity to just connect with other leaders, ideate, solve problems. Listen, we did, we did panels, we did presentations, uh, the breakout sessions. So it was just really, I think, fantastic all around. Count me in. That. that sounds amazing. Yay. Yeah. Well, thank I mean, you so much. Um, we're gonna, we'll, we'll link to, uh, Stevie's LinkedIn in, uh, the show notes. Um, if you'd like to connect with her and, uh, continue to learn how they're changing, um, SOC 2 compliance, uh, and, and staying ahead of all of the, gosh, so many competitors. Um, but that shows obviously that there's a need. Everybody's got to go through it. Right. So, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing, uh, how your, you know, product line, um, changes. Um, and thank you so much, uh, for, for Mickey, for being here. I really appreciate, um, all of the input. <laughs> uh, and this is actually he's not a even very heavily, noise. did you no, mute him? He's not. Even his laugh is silent. It's so sad. I know. Poor Mickey. This was a very heavily CS episode and very light BS episode, which, which is a nice, uh, refreshment. Ratio. Uh, yeah. Mickey, is there anything that you want to say before we sign up? You know, well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have, guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, I love you guys. Hey, guys, it's Josh. Don't hang up. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what? Even if you didn't, I'd love for you to give us a rating in iTunes or Spotify. And after you do, email me josh at update.ai with the name of your favorite charity. And my company, Update AI, will make a donation on your behalf. I'd love to connect with each of our listeners. Send me a LinkedIn request and I'll accept it immediately. Just go to www.update.ai slash LinkedIn and it'll redirect to my profile. Thanks.